Good evening and welcome to French Football Weekly. I'm Philippa B and I'm joined this evening by Rich Allen. Hi, Rich. Hello. Now, uh, Jez is out of the country and Chris is stuck in a meeting, so this is going to be a duet. And we all know the best duet is, of course, Islands in the Stream by Dolly Parton and some guy. So we're going to be working with that kind of theme as we work over what's happened in the last uh, the last week of French football and look forward to what's coming up. So our initial uh, stage is going to be the last round of Ligue 1 games and we can't start anywhere other than really the Classico, which saw Marseille and PSG draw 2-2 at the Velodrome. Uh, OM going ahead through a Luis Gustavo uh, long-range screamer, followed by Neymar uh, equalising. Toval then getting a late goal, which looked like it might have won it for the home side. And then a wonderful free kick from Edison Cavani in injury time to level the scores at 2-2 after Neymar had been sent off. So, a lot happened, um, and one thing, it's obviously a, a big game in the French calendar, the Classique. This has been um, a historic match, and some people were saying it maybe that PSG not taking it that seriously was one of the problems. And Rich, I know you had some conversations on Twitter with um, you know, PSG talk saying, possibly quite rightly, that huge for them is now Barcelona, Bayern, Real Madrid. And Kylian Mbappe coming out after the game and saying, basically, we're quite busy, but this is their match of the year. Which does sound very harsh, but he kind of was making a very sort of practical, real politic point about it. How did all of that pan into what actually happened on the pitch because it was a fabulous match but one that uh, you did feel even after that amazing celebration of the Tovan uh, Tovan goal that they that PSG was still going to do it somehow whatever happened I mean what were your thoughts on the match uh, first and foremost, I, I, I will give praise, rare praise. So Marseille fans do listen carefully, but rare praise that I, I thought that was a, it was actually a terrific performance from Marseille. Um, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, we've had jokes aside, we've had the entertaining rubbish. This was this was entertaining excitement. Um, you know, we had a a back line who pre-game I was fearing the worst for because of. We've had plenty of evidence to suggest that um, this was a, a defence that we're going to be conceding a lot before the game. Um, and and it was actually quite pleasant to see that they they managed to um, they managed to play really, really well, I thought. You know, they're not world-beating defenders, but as a unit, they worked mm-hmm. together, they were organised, um, everyone was covering each other. Um, and and it was a really, I, I thought, by and large, it was quite a disciplined performance from Marseille. Yeah, I think um, that just looking at that, obviously, Amavi was at left back, which I think helped from what you're talking about. And Sacco was at right back, as opposed to playing Saar back there when he's not a defender. And 
the central defenders did, as you say, do a very good job. I mean, I turned over about half an hour in um, and immediately saw Edison Cavani fouling Louis Gust- Luis Gustavo in midfield and thought that's not how I would have anticipated that subject-object matchup going on. But, I mean, Luis Gustavo has to be man of the match there. He was awesome in mm. both getting the goal, but also controlling that midfield, breaking things up. That was very important, breaking things up. And I think you could see PSG getting very frustrated. And one interesting thing I heard was, I think after the match, Steve Mandanda said, we didn't water the pitch. And you could see, I think from Neymar's behavior, obviously he got sent off, but the build up to that was quite uh, interesting. He was trying to do a lot himself. He would occasionally be running forward. He'd have options on both sides and yet still be trying to go forward. And he was doing it on not a good surface. He was getting blocked off by Gustavo and others in the midfield, just stopping him. And he was clearly losing his rag quite badly. And then we saw that in the second half, obviously, there was bit of an imbroglio where I think Mbappe got booked for I think, rightly claiming that Amave had handballed. Now, it was a brilliant tackle from Amave, but he did stick his hand on the ball to keep control of it to get it away again. And Mbappe then got booked for basically grabbing the referee to point out that that had happened. You can argue that the referee made a mistake, but Mbappe still shouldn't have done that because you are going to get booked for trying to pull the referee's arm I, 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 th- I think that the referee actually just... made the, uh, compounded the mistake by, you know, we've seen, we've seen far softer red cards given this season for referee mm-hmm. contact. Yeah. You know, we saw was it Marcelo in oh, the yeah. week. Um, uh, so I think um, Mbappe was very lucky there. To, to stay on the pitch. And then um, Neymar... He got booked. I thought it was just for kind of constant lip, but I think he had gone through Samson at that point. So we got a yellow card. And then very shortly afterwards, there, there was a coming together with the campus. Uh, well, there was a foul. Play was stopped and he pushed a campus and campus basically hit the ground like I, I can't. I can't even come up with anything for that. I mean, it was a terrible, terrible, dramatic, melodramatic um, hitting of the ground. But Neymar shouldn't have done that. And he rightly got a second yellow and he rightly got sent off. And that was um, kind of... People are saying it was the turning point, but it wasn't. It was just a kind of a character in the sense it feels like a characteristic point rather than anything else. Because obviously the, the Tovan goal was marvellous to put them back ahead and you saw the joy and the elation. And But as a neutral, I was just thinking, there's still 10, 11 more minutes to go now. You know, concentrate, keep focused. And what happened was there was another interesting hitting of the ground from Cavani to win a free kick in injury time. And it was an amazing free kick, really, um, to get the point back. So I think one of the questions is, was the result fair, given what we saw? What do you think? Uh, I have no doubt that the result was was fair. I think Marseille showed um, 
a bit of an inner strength that we perhaps not seen before, certainly under Garcia. I think when um, when Neymar got that equaliser, I think I said at the time, I think a Marseille of recent times would have folded, mm. would have completely capitulated, and that second half would have been an, an absolute cakewalk for PSG. That wasn't the case. No. I mean, I think they were helped by PSG, and I'll come on to those in a sec, but they showed some real, real inner fight, inner belief. Um, I think they were aided by the fact that the crowd were, of course, going to be heavily on their side more than any yeah, if this was any other game then perhaps the crowd wouldn't the crowd wouldn't have been A that big and B that bothered to get behind the team, I don't think, as we've seen recently. Mm. But they had that massive, massive crowd behind them and they and they fought back and they got a, they got a very good equaliser. Um I think it was pretty poor from I can't remember who was it Rabio that NG beat down on the byline and then Thiago Silva let uh, Tovan get across him too easily. Um but so I was pleased to see. You know, I think I was pleased to see that Marseille fought back. I mean, it was terrible dive from a Campos for the for the the, um, the Neymar second yellow. But Neymar was an idiot, really. Two minutes mm. after getting a booking, you do that nonsense, really. And then Cavani dived. There's no no two bones about it. Cavani dived for that free kick. It was a good free kick. Um, but to touch on PSG. I was just hugely disappointed and hugely concerned at just how they didn't, didn't seem bothered, you know. And I, I stand by whether you know the the, the more recent um, PSG fans may think, yeah, huge game is you know the big European games. No, this is still a very, very, very big game for PSG. This is still the biggest domestic game for PSG. The, the I think history... you, you, you got some, when you were kind of tweeting about people saying it wasn't, you got a lot of uh, PSG fans, I've had, yeah, I've had, the I've, longer I've, standing ones, saying, no, 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 this is. Yeah, this is it, this is it. And I've, I've, spoke, I've spoken to, to, to numerous that have, that have said that that's not the case. Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm concerned that this is, this is an attitude that we've questioned before from PSG. It seems, though, that they've never shown it in the big games. It's the smaller games where perhaps that's a little bit understandable that there's a bit of, you know, arrogance bordering on almost complacency because, you know, yeah, okay, Amiens, for example. No offence to Amiens, but you can see why PSG might feel that way. This is different. This is, this is the classic. This is the biggest game, perhaps the biggest domestic game in France. You know, you are bothered about you are bothered about this. You you know, you are putting the effort in, and I don't think a single PSG player did. Mm. I really don't. I, I not no no PSG player. I don't think can come away from that game thinking, yeah, you know what, I performed really really well. Mm. Um, and that for me is a big big concern because if Emery is going to allow that kind of attitude to creep in to these kind of games, at what point then does it start to to really affect them um, both in the domestic calendar, but at one point does it then fall and, and drip into the European games? Are they going to start treating some of the group league, you know, group games in the Champions League, are they going to be that complacent in those games? It's a, it's a dangerous, dangerous trait to be picking up. I don't mind arrogance. Um, I don't mind that as long as it doesn't fall into, you know, you're not getting the results or you're not, putting in the performance that that complacent attitude that was really quite clear to see I think on Sunday night so Emery has worked a lot of work to do I think with this squad 
It's whether he has that standing within the PSG structure to tell some of these, you know, very well, very wealthy, but no doubt very talented players, look, you need to give a damn about these kind of games. Mm. I th- and I think one thing is that obviously there are still issues largely at the back. Um, we saw they needed a last-minute winner against Dijon. Dijon. And here they needed an injury time free kick to equalise against Marseille. And many people noting that obviously if Neymar hadn't been sent off, he presumably would have taken that free kick as opposed to Cavani. Uh, we, we, Chris isn't here, but we did get a little note from him earlier, which was basically, uh, let me get up. let me find this. Can we open the Cavani is world-class box, please, from Chris? Now, I think one thing you can't fault Cavani on is trying, mm-hmm. making a fucking effort. And the fact that he kept his composure, kept his calm, and got that at the final minute is very telling. Because in terms of character, he yes, yes, he misses a lot of stuff in open play. But that was a real kind of sense of, you know, he is focused and he wants to win and he is not letting that go. And that was very important. And I think it should be remembered that if Neymar hadn't been sent off and that had happened, who would have been taking that and possibly putting it into the stands? So yeah, I think it's uh, also, I think I think it's also a case of Cavani almost being able to say, well, look, you know, you can count on me. Mm-hmm. You know, look at what happened to Neymar. Big, yeah. our, big, our biggest game of the season, he did nothing for eighty-five minutes, then got sent off. Stupidly, I rescued the team. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, Neymar did get the equaliser, but you know, it was a, a fairly routine goal for for any forwards um, of his quality standard, but. Aside from that, he did nothing. He really didn't do anything. Except and, just... and Mbappe didn't have a great game either. No. So it's like Cavani is really, in a sense, putting a marker down and saying, right, I might not be the, the coolest uh, of, of the team here, but damn it, I'm going to get things done if I have to. So I think that's uh, kind of an interesting uh, interesting thing to take forward to the next round where PSG will be hosting Nice on Friday, which... Yeah, might be might be interesting or not, depending on what happens. So anyway, the rest of the the weekend's games we started off with Saint Etienne hosting Montpellier and losing Montpellier, winning one nil with not an elegant goal. I think it, it was a great cross, and then Sio tried a bicycle kick, fell over, and then uh, the ball ended up in the net after two tries from Benza. But Montpellier are now unbeaten in five. So they're uh, heading up the table, which is uh, very interesting to see. Um, Monaco beat Caen 2-0 with goals from Balde and a penalty from Falcao. And then moving on to the multiplex, uh, Rennes beat Lille in the what the fuck it go. Uh, Lille going down to 10 men, having substitute Mendy sent off um, Ren scoring very early goal from uh, was it Burigo? Yes. Um, and holding on there so that was uh, possibly an interesting game for the 
chaos uh, section of Ligue 1, which we'll be coming on to later. Uh, Metz lost against Dijon um, 2-1, and Hinchberger has now been fired, as was promised, after uh, Met- he was given two games to save his job for Metz, uh, one against Saint-Étienne and the game against Dijon, and they got a man sent off, which was Diane early on, and couldn't hold out against their lower th- bottom of the table rivals. Um, Angers lost to Toulouse, 1-0 with a goal from Diop. Um, on the Sunday, we had Amiens beating Bordeaux, which is very interesting. They're playing in Le Havre, uh, given the issues with their own stadium. And a quick hat tip to uh, Lens for a terrible, terrible banner relating to relating to um, the uh, the issue where uh, the Lille fans were injured at Amiens, and we're waiting to see if anything happens about that. Um, Later on Sunday, uh, Nantes beat Gangon 2-1, and they are third, so uh, the uh, Claudio Ranieri magic continues. Um, Also, Nice lost 2-1 at home to Strasbourg, which was a very interesting game. Um, Kind of saw, again, the last half hour of this. It looked like uh, Schneider was having a lot of long-range speculative shots against a really good goalkeeper so there just didn't seem to be much point to what they were doing uh, Kamara with a great uh, performance in goal for Strasbourg and um, you've got then Lyon absolutely hammering to a 5-0 um, away Fekir started on the bench uh, it was goals from Traore and Diaz uh, bench uh, sort of bookending a hat trick from Memphis to pay while um, while Troy went down to ten men. I mean that's I, I know it's Troy, but five nil away with possibly your best player on the bench is is good, right? Mm. I did you see any of any of that game? What do you think? Yeah, no, I I, t- I turned in for the the correct half of football. I turned in for the second <laughs> half. Um, I think the key thing, key thing for Leon was that that they had, they had the good Depay turn up. I think for 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 too many too many games, we're not seeing that 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 Memphis Depay turn up and put in that kind of performance. But we know he's a good player. You know, we've seen that ever since his time at PSV. He's a good player. He just seems to have these consistency issues. Um, this was a reminder of just what he can offer because it was a terrific hat-trick. Um, two really cool finishes, um, including one that he, he took um, took on by himself, finished really, really well, and then a Penenka penalty. You know, it, it, was a, it was a lovely, lovely hat-trick. A little over 20 minutes to do it. So when he's on that kind of form, yeah, he could, he could arguably, arguably be one of the best players in the league. Leon now just need to work out a way to get that kind of performance out of him every week. Um, but I, you know, I was a little concerned. This was definitely a game that Leon could have lost. With Fekir on the bench, he had a bit of a, a back injury. Um, this was definitely a definitely a game. You know, Twyre had been had a, had a pretty good start to the season, so this was definitely a game that I think Leon would have had to have approached with a little bit of caution. But um, you know, it was a it was a relatively even first half, and then came out in the second half, 
and they just put their foot down and and, and in the end it was far far easier than even they could have hoped for so mm. an excellent performance speaking of easier than they could have hoped for um we have a look back at the European Games, which happened um, in the last midweek. Obviously, Monaco lost at home to Besiktas, uh, which leaves them bottom of their group with only one point. Um, PSG ran riots uh, 4-0 against Anderlecht with goals from Mbappe, Cavani, Neymar and Di Maria, which kind of is is the attack. So... Nice work there. It, it was, it even, was even things out. I had one. I had one person um, tell me that it was the worst PSG fan, the worst four 0 win you are ever likely to see. <laughs> so take from that what you will about the every. Well, they're top of their group with nine points, obviously. Um, so Nice lost at home uh, three three one to Lazio. They went ahead in the fourth minute. Uh, through Mario Balotelli, it only took one more minute for Lazio to equalise and they then went on to take that 3-1. Rankings-wise, that's kind of what we expected, but maybe hoping for a bit more from Nice at home. So it'll be interesting to see if they manage anything away at Lazio in the return leg of that. Um, Marseille beat Vittoria uh, 2-1. They went down... Um, to an early goal from Martins from Vitoria with goals from Acampus and Lopez. But I think the game of the European round from a French point of view was probably OL's 2-1 win away at Everton, Um, which, well, okay, Ronald Koeman, who has now been fired, described the second half as six substitutions, two goals and a fight, which sounds a bit like, you know, four weddings and a funeral the you know the follow up uh, i think Genicio described it as a typically english evening which possibly uh you know helps with that they we were looking at that thinking well everton don't score and leon don't really defend so what the hell's going to happen here and what happened was uh leon went ahead through a, an early penalty which fakir scored um the solid galois uh Licky described him as Ashley Williams uh, equalised um, in the second half and Bertrand Touré got the, the winner shortly after that after a fairly large they say bagarre in French I think that means stramash in English um, just absolute chaos on the sidelines and men holding toddlers trying to hit footballers and it was all extremely unedifying Um but uh, also extremely fun to watch uh, if you're not a fan of those two teams, I think. So um, that'll be interesting going into the second round, particularly what happens when the Everton fans come to Lyon, because I can't imagine the bad guys are going to be particularly happy with what happened in, in the first leg. So we'll, we'll have to see how that, that pans out. So we mentioned there that obviously... Um, Everton have lost a manager. There's been quite a lot of that going around. So, um, Philip Hinchberger has lost his job at Metz after that uh, defeat at Dijon. And we've still got uh, those people in charge of the other crisis clubs. So, with Rennes um, just about hanging on, um, having 
won the match against Lille at the weekend. Uh, we're going to have something on that situation coming up in the next week or so, depending on, on what happens. With the Lille situation, we've had uh, some kind of several questions on that front, one of which from, from King Balthazar uh, on Twitter, is Bielsa just not suited to French football or has he just picked poor teams to take charge of? How long has he got at Lille? I think, you know, Marseille, Lille, those are not bad teams. No. It's, it's as possibly his own character. Uh, Gibb actually uh, weighed in on that, Andrew Gibney, um, saying the team was better before he took over. He picked this team. I know we talked a lot in the summer about the degree of movement at Lille and who had been brought in and under whose instructions. So as Gibb says, he picked this team, signed the players, hopeless. Are they hopeless? Because we've had a question, a very interesting question from Bastian uh, Pushkin B on Twitter. Looks like one big team could be going down. Is it Nice, Rennes or Lille? Is it Lille? You you can't argue that they, unless something dramatic changes, um, that they're in, they're in a they are in a crisis. Um, I think to go back to the question about whether Bielsa is not suited for France, I think look at you look at the season he the, the you look at the season he had with Marseille. Mm-hmm. You know he got a lot from that Marseille squad. Mm-hmm. I think they finished. I mean, they should have finished second, but I think they actually finished they finished third in the end. And mm. uh, they did t- the classic Bielsa of tailing off at the end of the season. Um, but certainly, they I mean, they were the autumn champions, I do believe, that season that Bielsa was in charge. So, you know, he can do it in Liga, but I think what you're looking at is, is the fundamental problem with Bielsa in so much as it's his way or no way. There's no... Uh, there's no sort of nego- room for negotiation with him. He came into Lille. There's all these grand plans about what Lille were going to do and what was going to happen and money available and signing Bielsa as coach. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And then he came in and put his whatever size feet into it and said, right, I'm clearing out the entire squad, getting rid of all these senior players and I'm bringing in these youthful players and we're going to do a Monaco, basically. Mm. And it, it was too much too soon, plain and simple. Um, and, I mean, look at some of the players they got rid of were actually youthful, if you see what I mean. Yes. Like, well, you look at, you, you look Terrier. at like Martin Terrier, exactly, yeah. And, uh, well, Buffal's amazing goal, lovely little run through 47 people at the weekend. You know, it's just... But the vast majority... I can understand of... how frustrating it is for, for the Lille fans there. Oh, yeah, they, they would have expected far, far, far more than what they're seeing at the minute. Um, the problem is, you know, I, it's not it's not the big teams that Lille are losing to. You know, they're losing to these small teams. You know, they're losing three 0 away at Strasbourg. Okay, they had the goalkeeper sent off and um, two other goalkeepers two, two not being goalkeepers. goalkeepers yeah, uh, they lost at home to Caen. They lost away at Gangon. They lost to Rennes. They only drew two two at home to Troyes. You know, these are games that, mm-hmm. as the bare minimum they should be yeah. winning considering what's gone on this summer. So the fact they're not winning those games, um, you know, it, it spells big, big concerns. They've got a big Coupe de la Ligue game this week at home to, to you know, a local rival in Valenciennes. Um, and then they face Marseille at the weekend. So there's, there's big games coming up 
Uh, and you know what? If Bielsa doesn't do it, I think he's been given a lot longer than I think he. he if it wasn't yeah. Bielsa, um, because obviously so much was put into signing him and the you know, he's, you know, he's the sort of face of this new project that the owners are going to look a little bit silly to get rid of Bielsa. But but time is really running out for him. Mm. Definitely. I mean, you, you mentioned the, the Coupe League there. We've got a, a kind of preview breakdown of all of the matches on the site at the moment because um, the first match is happening at the moment and that is Lorient have beaten... No, hang on. Lorient have lost to Caen. Um, Caen with a first-half goal from Kwaku have uh, beaten... Lorient, which is one of the Ligue 2, Ligue 2 teams playing this evening. Uh, there's a couple of other Ligue 2 teams obviously involved. Uh, Valenciennes is one of them who are going to be playing uh, away at Lille. Valenciennes aren't very good, but do tend to either win big or lose big, and they're playing Lille, so, you know, no bets there. Um, but we've got some, some interesting fixtures coming up, including uh, Clermont away at Toulouse, Clermont have got very stingy defence, so that could be, an, well, not an interesting game, but, I mean, you know, interesting in terms of the result rather than what might actually happen. Um, and uh, the lo- lowest remaining team, the one third-tier team left in it is Red Star, who have uh, won both of their games so far on penalties, and they are playing Mets, who frankly are terrible at the moment and have just lost their manager. So Red Star might be feeling reasonably uh, positive about uh, their situation there. Um, most of those games are happening tomorrow. Um, as I say, we've got uh, we've got all the previews and a little TV guide up on the site at the moment, so you can follow the news if you are based in France or appear to be so from a technical point of view. Um, other games that have happened recently, the French women's team had another couple of friendlies uh, to, to keep things going in the run-up to the World Cup 2019. It was a tense game against England. It was, I say tense, it was quite boring for a lot of it. Uh, but they won 1-0 through an 89th minute winner from Viviese. Uh, and then yesterday played Ghana, which was slightly less tense in that they won 8-0. Uh, it was 1-0 at half time though uh, and then kind of exploded in the second half. But what we've seen from those games is the retirement, the international retirement rather of Elodie Tomis who was has been a wonderful player over 12 years for the French team, four Euros, two World Cups, two Olympics, 140-odd caps under four managers and 32 goals. She was a wonderful, wonderful player and will be, I think, very much missed for the French team. So um, in terms of the, the cup games, is there anything you want to kind of point out on on that, Rich? Or I mean, for, 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 me, for me, cup games, it really is that Lille-Valenciennes game. Mm-hmm. I think the re- the potential repercussions from that game um, will be absolutely massive. Um, I'll be interested to see how the likes of Aubameyang, Strasbourg, Troyes, those those teams that we expect to be at the the you know, foot foot of the table come the business end of the season, are they really interested in a cup run? We know we know what the benefits and the the negatives can be of a cup run. 
and, and obviously how Mets will do in the you know, first game post Hinchberger era. Mm. Um, but obviously they're, you know, potential banana skin, as we like to say, at home to Red Star. So yeah. I think there's a few interesting games, but for me that, that, that outcome of, of Lille Valenciennes would be, as I say, could be massive. Yeah, so that's the early game tomorrow. One of the ones I kind of want to keep an eye on from the later game tomorrow is actually Strasbourg-Saint-Étienne because Strasbourg are feeling kind of chipper at the moment and Saint-Étienne haven't looked great. And, you know, if they are more focused on the weekend's games and trying to get their league position back up and running, Strasbourg you know, might be able to, to do something there. So that will be uh, an interesting one to, to look out for. So moving on, um, we've got, uh, we've kind of dealt with most of the questions in the uh, who could be going down situation. Just because Bastien mentioned, is it Nice, Ren or Lille? I think obviously Lille we've talked about are in trouble. Ren, I know Rich, you have your views on that after um, a win at the weekend but still not looking massively convincing would you say (laughs) it was a horrible game it really was it was an early goal for Ren is never a good sign because it just means you're on edge for well I've got x number of minutes in this case you know over 80 minutes to wait for the inevitable um, either equaliser or double whammy from the opponents and Fortunately, we were just up against a team who were one of the few in the league who at the minute are even more hopeless. So it did nothing to, to dissuade my concerns that things at, at the top end of the club structure need to change. And um, it's, looking like, uh, it's looking like Olivier Letang may come in. Um, Again, I thought that was you know in all of the papers last week, and then not um, in the papers, and then a, back yeah, in the papers, and, and then and Jesus. then it was then there was the the press the sorry, not the press conference the directors meeting where they confirmed that Ruelo would remain in place, um, but they didn't really put a timeline of for how long. Um, so the Latang rumours have come back around for the time being, though it seems that Gorkouf is quite safe. Um, which is a little bit concerning because, you know, the, uh, changing the president at this point in the season is not going to change a great deal. No. Changing a coach would have a more more of an immediate impact. So I'd like to see that. I mean, Laurent Blanc gave the most pointless of job denials earlier in the day, it seems, by saying he wasn't going to be interested in the, in the Wren job. I don't think anybody expected him to take the Wren job, so I don't quite know... I know he was rumoured and linked with, but I, I think it was one of those that he didn't really need to deny it. I think it was just an assumed denial. Um, so, you know, there's still jobs, you know, jobs, um, sorry, candidates linked to that job. Um, Puel and uh, Gautier, the two leading candidates. Um, so I don't know what's going to change there, but I, I'd like to think there's enough quality there, but that quality's not shown yet and we're, you know, 10 games into the season. So starting to get a little concerned, but I, I certainly of those, of the three that, that, that Bastian named, I think Ren and, Ren and um, Nice have the quality to get out of that. Mm. Lille, I just think, could find themselves in this sort of eternal, eternal funk, it seems. Yeah, it looks like the, the people in charge of Lille need to actually go, no, we made a mistake 
and and change manager because it yeah. feels like at the moment they're going well we can't fire him he's Bielsa <laughs> and you're looking at results which are so bad that how can you do that I mean I I mean Nice aren't maybe in the best shape at the moment but they are better than this and it you're kind of thinking that if they come second in the Europa group they're going to have to keep fighting on several fronts whenever. Would it actually be better if they just got knocked out and could concentrate? Um, but I do think Nice, uh, nice should be fine. Um, the Ren situation, obviously, they're away at Montpellier this weekend, which may not sound that scary, but Montpellier are in that run of form, which is um, kind of interesting. So after... The the cup match uh, against Dijon, who obviously also will be mostly looking at the weekend's games to to try to save their skin. Um, it this time next week it could be could be kind of interesting for Rennes. So we'll have a piece up on that on the site, hopefully, uh, talking about all of the different issues about the management and uh, the board and the presidency, etc. To to look at that. So. Looking forward to the weekend's matches, we start with PSG Nice on Friday night. Nice, as I say, not being in the best shape, but still with, you know, quite a lot of vim to show and, you know, a a decent defensive organisation. And we've seen from PSG that there are still issues that it could be a walkover, but it seems more likely to me that that will be a cagey opening and then whoever scores first will then kind of define what happens next. What do you think about that game, Rich? Uh, I think you're absolutely right. Um, PSG at home are a slightly different different animal. Um, you know, I do expect a PSG win here, but I, I also expect Nice to raise their game. Um, mm-hmm. Kiss of death, I know, but um, I'm, not, I'm not expecting the Nice of... of, of recent games to turn up here this will be a much more um a much improved one i would would hope anyway a much improved nice side they have the players um you know they're just not playing well at the minute but you know that 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 will change Mm. something you know favor is not a a foolish manager he will recognize that and he'll get the change um but in terms of this game yeah i would i would still expect a psg win i think um, they're going to need to put in a performance, I think, after the, mm. the Marseille game. So I would expect them to get a win here, but you know it's not going to be a, by a, a gargantuan scoreline. Yeah, I so this is a both teams to score uh, score bet possibly. And the first game on Saturday also is Bordeaux Monaco, two teams with whose attacking style we've loved, but have had some setbacks. So. The two of them facing off uh, should also be a very interesting proposition. Obviously, Monaco are currently in second, Bordeaux in seventh, um, but they they do have a, a lot of him about them. But both also have the tendency sometimes to just be be kind of uh, pinned back and for it not to work. So I think we're all hoping that this is both teams at the top of their game, which could make this a very high-scoring and entertaining event. What do you What do you reckon? Yeah, I'd, I'd quite agree. I think in terms of, uh, you know, if I, if I was to pick one game to actually really watch because I want to enjoy watching a game, 
this would be the one to watch it this mm-hmm. weekend. Um, you know, Bordeaux have uh, been a little patchy at times, but are still sort of there or thereabouts. Um, you know, in their their aim, I think to to sort of nab a fourth or maybe higher place finish come the end of the season. Monaco again, you know, we've spoken at depth on numerous occasions about what what their team is like at the minute and how they're playing and what their I mean nice struggles to be having, <laughs> but the struggles that they are having. Um, but you know they they are still two very talented teams. Mm-hmm. You know they've got some very very talented individuals on on display here. So I think if if you're going to choose to watch one match this weekend, make make it a match that you're going to enjoy watching. And then that's that that for me would be this one. Yeah. And then we we finish off the round with Lille Marseille as the Grand Shock on Sunday night, as you described it earlier, the job swap derby, um, and. I I have no idea what's happening there, but I mean I'm kind of imagining a Marseille walkover. But could there be some form of reaction from from Lille to you know play a three-one-two-one-two and just completely confuse everybody? I mean we saw that there's some wonderful wonderful photographs of Rudy Garcia giving Clinton G instructions on the sideline in the Classico before he came on um, which went on for about 10 minutes and involved hand signals and I think graphs and possibly a PowerPoint presentation in the dugout um, I just it was uh, was rather amusing but um, yeah Lille Marseille call that one Rich it would be it would be so typical of Lille and so typical of Marseille for this to be a Lille win. It really would. It would be, you know, uh, I think it was Mo that was saying, you know, oh, you know, take take the performance from Sunday and let's get wins against. I think they've got Lille, Khan and Bordeaux in the next three games. I just replied to him saying, so that's going to be a loss, loss draw then because it's going to be. It would be so Marseille to put in a performance like they did against PSG. Mm-hmm. And then follow it up with a game that on paper, yeah, they should be winning. Lille are in awful form. Marseille have come, come off the back of one of their best performances of the season. And then they'll go and lose 3-0 at Lille. It would be so Marseille. And it would be so Bielsa for Lille as well, you know. Under massive pressure, a game against his former club. You know, a club that, that seemed to still sort of idolise him. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get the sort of... Um, I'll get the second win, second win of the season. It would be if they won. I'll get that. It would just be so typical of all parties involved for this to be a Lille win. Um, so they're going to they're going to completely ruin that, of course. And it will be, as you say, a Marseille walk. <laughs> well, no, I'm I'm just thinking that, in a sense, that the score, the 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 result, I don't think will ever happen, and therefore will happen, given my betting history, is nil nil. Um, so we never know. I might put some money on that just to make sure it doesn't happen. <laughs> so we'll 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 have to see. So we've got those games coming up at the weekend, and then we'll be back the weekend after to round up. See well, all of the. Sorry, we, we've also yep. got the me, me v you derby as well. Oh yeah, UV, UV me. UV me. I'm at home, as um, it were. I'm actually I'm actually um, going back to Britain this weekend though, so I'm not going to actually see. Uh, the wonderful Vittorino Hilton. Seriously, he's 40. 
I, yeah. I know I keep saying that, but he is. He's 40. And um, he got 8 out of 10 from Lekeep for his amazing performance as part of the rearguard action against away at Saint-Étienne on Friday night. And then Lekeep managed to not put him in the team of the week <laughs> by naming a, four defenders who all got 7 out of 10 and have had to apologise subsequently after Montpellier suggested it was age discrimination <laughs> that had kept him out of that. I think that that is wonderful. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll see how that goes, and we'll regroup next week after the Cup games and the next round of Ligue 1, and look forward to what's coming up next, including more European games, more uh, Women's Champions League as well. And so if you have any questions or any comments, please do leave them either under the article, which will publish the podcast, or give uh, send them over on Twitter. And we will hopefully be more people next week when we speak to you. We may have a special guest as well to discuss certain certain issues. So from me, Philippa B, and from Rich. Rich? Good night. Uh, yeah, no, sorry. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's good night from us, and we'll speak to you again next week. <laughs>